Good morning, church. I trust you're encouraged in these days and you're doing well. I'm really encouraged because I really believe that this uh, message has been spoken really clearly to me, which is always encouraging when, you, when you're preaching because um, the clearer it is from God, the more encouraged, the more uh, easy it comes to you. And this one uh, really was just something that started, I think, last week as I was thinking about uh, this building and uh, where God may be leading us to, what next, and things like that, um, as we head towards some element of um, the lockdown being opened up, particularly for churches. And uh, so I was really encouraged. And I'm following Daniel's um, uh, lead from last week of coming down the building because uh, for a reason, really, I just wanted to be on the stage and um, be able to bring this because there's a particular reason which I'll share later. And um, on Monday night, this is where things started, really, for me, on Monday night, we had a trustees meeting and uh, we were talking about uh, the future, the building, the cafe, uh, where next, what we're going to do and um, some of the challenges that lay ahead, obviously. And, um, and after that meeting, after we were chatting, after that meeting, the Lord dropped a word in my mind. It was a, a verse which I looked up and, uh, and it was this, and the trees, the leaves of the tree were for the, are for the healing of the nation. And it comes in Revelation 22, verse 3. And, um, and I'll read those first three verses. It says this, um, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also, on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations." The tree of life there in the, uh, in, in the middle of heaven, as it were, this river that comes through from the throne, its trunk sits either side, the leaves of the tree are for the healing of nation and the fruits, these 12 different fruits are growing. And wonderful picture, but we also see that same thing in the beginning in Genesis, the tree of life was in the Garden of Eden. And in these two bookends of, of scripture, um, we see in the middle of that another tree, not as beautiful to look at, but uh, as we've, you may have heard about Christ who was nailed upon a tree, the poetic word of the cross. The, the Greek word there is, is timber. So nailed on a cross that come from a tree. It's this great picture of the tree of life is there because of Christ, what he did on the cross. When he died on the cross, it was through that that we find healing, through that we find that we can eat of this tree of life and we can find eternal life. And so a wonderful picture. And so I, um, I, you know, I want to take you on this journey of finding this word a little bit, if you will bear with me, because I think it's, it's interesting. But I was thinking, OK, Lord, well, this is great. But what does this mean to me? I don't just simply want to say, right, God's going to throw out some leaves. What are you saying to us as a church uh, when you when you're speaking or at least igniting this this um, uh, like uh, gunpowder that would lead to this explosion of his word that was a picture in my mind if that helps anyone but it, it kind of started me on this journey and I then I knew that there were some verses in the Bible about us being trees Psalm 1 verse 3 says this he is like a tree this person who loves God and follows his law like a tree planted by streams of water 
that yield its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. So again, I'm thinking, well, Lord, what are you saying? You've got your leaves, but we're also, we are like trees planted by God, by the river, lots of similarities. And then my mind was turned to Isaiah because I knew that there was this verse about being planted as trees. And um, little did I know, it's actually Isaiah 61, which I talked about a couple of weeks ago, uh, where Jesus stood up and he read out from Isaiah 61. And this is what he read out. This is Isaiah 61, the first couple of verses. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God. And he stood up and he said, today this is fulfilled in your hearing. And it was his mandate, it was his calling, it was his anointing that he was saying. And, and we know as Christians, this anointed calling on Christ flows out through the church because we are his body. Um, but <clears throat> when we go on reading this, he goes, Isaiah goes into more, and this is where we can find this encouragement. He says, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. They will rebuild ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew ruined cities they have, that have been devastated for generations. What an amazing verse. So these people that Jesus has come to minister to, to heal, to bind up their broken hearted, to restore, to comfort. These people that are you and I, that when Jesus met us, he, he came and they ministered that anointing in our lives. And he has planted us as oaks of righteousness, sturdy oaks of righteousness in the, in the society that we may do free things. Well, four things. The first thing is display his splendor or his glory or his beauty. To be representations of God, to reveal his beauty and his love and his splendor. And then he gives three practical things. He says to rebuild the ancient ruins, restore the places long devastated and renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. See, the prophet is speaking about us, the people of God, as oaks of righteousness. And I don't need to tell you that oaks have leaves. Um, and so I want us to bring, this is where the Lord brought me to this. Um, and we see also in Isaiah 58 parallel verses. And so I want us to start to think now, Lord, what are you calling us into? And I want to say this, I want us to understand that we can't go back to the old normal. We always have to look forward to what is new of God. I'm not saying we ditch the old, but we can't go back there. And we're certainly in a new uh, season, a new place in society as a whole. This world has changed. And so we need to listen to God. We need to take this opportunity to say, I have changed through this pandemic. Society has changed through this pandemic. What is God doing? And where we're going as a society, we're heading into recession, 
where people are going to be grieving, where people are going to be struggling financially and in poverty through lack of work. Um, there's going to be all sorts of um, things being brought out in the open that people have been struggling with through this in terms of mental health, in terms of uh, relationships, marriages, um, all sorts of things, finances, uh, debts, and all kind of things are going to be the norm. And we've got to ask ourselves, where, where are we going to head into? What, where can we go from what God has been doing now while we're in lockdown? Where, can we, where is he leading us into? And there are three things I want to encourage us to. But um, before we get there, let me just read Isaiah 58. I would love to go into this passage, but we won't have time. But I'm going to have it read to us later. Alan's going to record it, Alan reading it, because it's a powerful challenge to the church. But it's a mandate to the church. It will make us uncomfortable, but we have to face it. We have to listen to what God is saying, listen to the promises in there, and listen for the actions that we, we have. Um, so in Isaiah 58, verse 12 says, Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins, raise up the age-old foundations, you will be called repairers of broken walls, restorer of streets and dwellings. And so let's just look at three of those things. Rebuild the ancient ruins. You know, a few years ago or some years ago, I can't remember now, um, myself, Daniel, uh, Tim Cross, uh, Dave and um, Brad Frey went on a walk across Dartmoor. And um, we took everything with us, our tents, our food, our cooking equipment, and we just walked for the weekend over Dartmoor. In the evening, we camped up. On the Saturday, we'd walked for so long, we were tired, we were weary, the ground wasn't straight, it was very difficult, our feet were wet and sore, our backs were aching, and we just were looking, the light was getting dimmer and dimmer, we needed to find somewhere to camp. Now, we'd seen on the map, there were some ancient ruins, some Roman ruins, it said, um, up on, a, you know, a way away. And so some of us sat down at the time, but Tim being the fittest amongst us at the time, he said, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to find these ruins and we can find a place where we can camp up, set up a fire, have something to eat, sleep for the night. It's all that we wanted to do. He went to the brow of the hill. We followed after him. We met up with him, couldn't find these ruins. We were looking for some evidence of some Roman village or some building or something you know maybe without a roof we didn't really care as long as generally there's flat ground we eventually found they didn't find anything like that but we found this sty just sitting in the middle one of these things you could climb over but no wall no fence just this sty and just apart from that there was a boulder and the only thing we can assume is that was the Roman uh, ruins I mean I assume maybe it was all underground you couldn't see it was buried a long time ago but that was what was said to be ruins. And this is what I believe this means. The ESV doesn't use the word rebuild, it says build. And, uh, and, and I, I really believe this, that God is calling us to be creative, to build things that do not exist today. It's to get inspiration from God and say, what does society need today that doesn't exist? Maybe it existed many years ago. Maybe some of you are thinking, when I was in my childhood, when I was young, we used to do this. But that doesn't happen anymore. Well, maybe we need to rebuild these things. Maybe these ancient ruins, there was something in them, but over time they ceased to be. And we have an opportunity to be creative, not just look at what everyone else is doing and copy or whatever. Even if, you know, that may well be something that we may do if it's right before God. But be creative. Let's build something new for the benefit of society and more importantly, for the display of God's splendor, for his glory.
The second thing was restore the places long devastated. Uh, <clears throat> my heart really turns to lives, those who have been struggling over long-term issues and things like this pandemic bring these things up from the surface to the surface. And these may be childish things, things from their childhood rather. These might be relationships that have been struggling for on and on and on for many, many years, and they've been brought to the surface. And uh, maybe some people feel that they've just lost out on life and there's nothing left for them. And um, Joel in 2.23 says, uh, this is God speaking through Joel to the people of Israel, I will restore to you the years that saw me locusts eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, the cutter, my great army which I sent among you. The promise of God to the people of Israel is the same heart and promise of God to people in today's society. He is the God of restoration. He's the God of reconciliation. He's the God of restoring even things of long being devastated. He's the creator. He's the recreator. He is the life giver. You know, all these things that we just don't have naturally in our lives. And so this is an encouraging thing for us. Jesus said, didn't he? He's come to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives. This is today. This is for today. And many people will need to rebuild their lives. And the church is the means, I believe, by which God will bring restoration into people's lives. And when I think of this, you can think of, of marriages that just need help, parents that just need help, because there are deep-rooted issues that are, they're struggling with people that have been struggling with mental issues, mental health issues that have been going on for years and years and years and habits that just have never been broken, lies that have never been broken um, over people's lives. And being in lockdown just has amplified these things and we need to be there to help to restore people. I also consider those whose hearts need to be restored to God who were once on fire for God and but yet somehow they turned their way and they haven't been able to find their way back. But something has started to awaken, as we've been praying on Wednesday mornings, awaken hearts to you, Lord. Awaken hearts. More and more people now are turning to prayer, not necessarily to Jesus. But what this says is, is that people are recognising the limitations of the physical and the material and they're turning to things that are beyond themselves. This, this can lead to an openness to hear the good news, to hear the restoration power of God. And so this is encouraging, isn't it, that we can be um, operating in this ministry of restoration. The third thing is renew the ruined cities. And Isaiah 58 says, you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets to dwelling, uh, or with dwellings. You know, the city's security was with its walls. I'm reading from Nehemiah at the moment about rebuilding the walls. And uh, the complaints of the neighbours were, once they rebuild their walls, they will rebel against the king because the walls were their defence. But as soon as you get a crack, a breach in the wall, the wall loses its strength. It loses its security. And, uh, and I really believe that, uh, again, out of this, many people have seen the insecurity of their lives, the insecurity practically, but spiritually maybe, and also physically um, not able really, out living in fear and worry and anxiety. And we can be those who can bring security through the gospel, 
but also through uh, practical love and service and care. And, and this, was, this was the word, this is the sense of Isaiah 58. Stand in the gap. Stand in the gap with those who have not and those that have, those that are bringing these things together, helping people to rebuild their walls of their life, to, to strengthen their lives again. And, um, and we can have this um, to help people overcome these issues and struggles. And this, this will have a great impact in the community and using these words, restore streets to dwell in, repair broken walls. It will have such an impact in our community, in the very streets that we walk, that we live in. The power of the gospel affects towns and cities. That's what Isaiah is saying. So we've got to rebuild or build, create, be creative, ask God for inspiration. We, ne- we need to help restore people over long-held problems and troubles, help them to overcome them, to renew, to repair, to strengthen and bring security. The reason I wanted to come down really this morning was because I wanted to preach in front of this backdrop and I want to tell you a bit of a story about that as well. What I wanted to do with the backdrop was came out of really believing and recognising that we've gone through as a church time of pruning and that after pruning, biblical principle is fruitfulness. So I wanted to do a tree and I wanted to think about fruitfulness as the theme and um, but as I started painting this, I mean, I'm not um, an artist in, in the great scheme of things. And uh, so really this started to take a shape of a tree and I've got the leaves on there and I just wanted it to, to, to be to relatively good. I've got the glory of God on there. But as I was speaking about this word, I started to think about this backdrop and I thought, Do you know what? There's no fruit on this tree. And, uh, but what there is, there's a whole lot of leaves. And I just was saying, so I thought, God, you're way ahead of me. Uh, you know, God doesn't always tell us everything that he's doing through us and through the church. He's getting on with it, and, and we just got to get on with what, get in with what he's doing. And, uh, but I was in close because I felt this was a further stamp of the word, saying the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nation. The leaves that you are also bearing, well, as they go out, are for the healing of the nation. As we operate as Christ's body, as we all these things renew, uh, build, or rebuild, restore, renew, these are the kind of things that we can be doing. And, and, and I just thought as a reminder, here we've got a tree displaying the glory of God. So I trust that encourages you as much as me. Um, so again, I want to come back to this. What does this mean really for us? It means we need to start looking forward. Many people have said to me, do you know what? I don't want to go back to the way of life I was living. I was busy. I love this time I spent with my family. I quite like working at home for a bit. Um, I love the slower pace of life. And we have an opportunity now not to go back to the old rat race, not to just um, fix our eyes on what we were doing, if you like. You know, what we need to resist is going thinking that the back was better. There's a new way forward for us. And I want to ask you and really, really ask you to go to the Lord and do two things, pray and prepare. Where's God leading you? What's God put on your heart for us as a church that we together can be these things in the community? This building being used for God's glory. What can you do? What's God calling you? You know, as you sit with God, as you uh, be with God and he starts to reveal something in you, a heart for something, debt consolidation, counselling, prayer, 
just talking with people, serving people in the cafe, befriending people at a two metre distance, um, helping people with food, helping people with advice for work, for benefits, for training. What is it that God is speaking to you? Pray about it, ask God to speak to you. And what we want to see is those things that flow out of our hearts rather than out of a strategy, but out of our hearts will come and we know what we are offering our community and how we can love them. And then we've got about a month and a half where we can prepare. That might mean let's get some training. Let's look online for some learning. How do we learn about that? What do we need to do to do things well? You know, what is God really saying? How do I need to be prepared? Um, what does that look like when I go into uh, work, more work life? And, you know, what is your work life going to look like? And again, I just want to encourage you really, really strongly. Don't think just about going back to what it was. Think about what God wants you to do in the future. What does that look like with your work life? What does it look like with your uh, personal life? We're in days of great opportunity to be church to be Christ into the, into the local uh, community. So what is God speaking to you? What activity or uh, something do you feel God is putting on your heart? Let's get creative. What training or support do we need? Um, in what way do you think the cafe can support all of these things? Now we want to open up the building. And I remind you of a verse that Daniel said last week, Jeremiah 29 verse 7. Um, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Lord, help us not to just move back into or move into, not that we was in it, but holy huddles where we're just looking at ourselves. But help us, Lord, to look out and see, Lord, where are you placing me next? You know, that's what we really want as a church, isn't it? And again, you know, when we look uh, and we think about where we're headed as a nation, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult for us. But we have God who is leading us and providing for us and helping us. We are his hands and his feet. And, uh, and again, I want to finish um, with Isaiah 58. But before then, uh, but the reason I want to mention Isaiah 58 again is because I want us to go away and think about it, pray over it, be challenged by it. And where we feel challenged, where we feel that's taking us out of our comfort zone, Lord, will you come and minister? Lord, we first need you to work in us before we can do anything out of us. We need you to do the work in us before we can ever be any, in any kind of impact outward. So it's really important. If you're listening this morning and, um, and uh, you don't know Jesus at this time, I want to tell you all these blessings of knowing God, all this being planted, being fulfilled in God, being loved of God, being encouraged, and being confident in the Lord, being secure in God. And that's what it comes through, knowing Jesus as our personal Lord and Saviour. I want to encourage you, that can be yours today. You might be just checking in and just want to take check it out. Go away, think about these things. That'd be great. But if you feel that I want in, I want to come into these things, I want to just give you some advice. First of all, you need to first realise that there's a blockage of sin. And we have to lay that down. The things that we've done wrong, the attitudes of our heart, that go against God. We call it sin, disobedience to God. You've got to be willing to lay it all down and ask God's forgiveness. And when you do that with a true heart, Jesus will forgive you. Gone. And he will start to work in you. He will come and he will live in your heart in order to change you from the inside out. We have this wonderful benefit of knowing Jesus deep in our lives. He changes us from the inside out. 
And um, there's more to be said on this. I'd love for you to get in touch. Just to advise you, we don't want anything from you, just that we may support you and encourage you how you can walk in these things and know Jesus more. It's not about knowing about him, it's about knowing him personally. And we want to encourage you on that journey because um, it's wonderful. And um, God calls us into a body of believers to support one another because we're all learning. We're all learning to follow Jesus. So I want to pray for you in a minute. And after this, I want to just give you a song to listen to from Elevation. Listen to the words, it's fantastic. So I'm just going to pray and then uh, we listen to Isaiah 58. Father, I want to thank you for those that are listening. I want to pray for those who want to know you this morning to know you in reality, to know you as a person, to know freedom from sin. Lord, who are willing to lay that down and bow the knee to you as Lord and Saviour, that wants in the kingdom, wants you in their lives. And Lord, I realise there's so much to learn, but thank you, Father, you don't look for knowledge, you look for heart and you look for humility. Lord, and for those that are willing, Lord, to ask your forgiveness this morning, I pray, Lord, you'll forgive them wash them clean and come into their lives, Lord, and teach them by yourself, by your Holy Spirit. Help them to get in touch with people that can encourage them. So I'd commit them to you. And for us as a church, Lord, as we listen to these words, help us, Lord, to hear you speak. Help us to face challenge. Help us to invite you in in those areas where we feel out of our comfort zone and need the ministry of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we need you to work in us before we can outwork it. So, Lord, we do want to step out in faith. We want to look ahead to the future and not look back to the past. Lord, will you come and help us in these days? In Jesus' name. Amen. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, there your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings.
curse the world.